Trends in technology, processes and products. We cover these areas and more coming up on the cutting edge of cannabis. Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The cutting edge of cannabis, consulted by the American Cannabis Company, starts now. Welcome to the cutting edge of cannabis. I'm your host, Ellis Smith, and today we're going to be speaking with Christian Hagaseth, the CEO of One Cannabis, and Mike Weinberger, the COO of One Cannabis. Welcome, guys. Hey, thanks for having us. It's good to be here. Yeah, I know uh, we've got some crazy weather here in Denver today and this week, so appreciate you guys getting on. I know uh, my office is empty today, so hopefully uh, you guys are uh, are still staying busy. Yeah, we are. We are. You know, the uh, stores don't stop and the grows don't stop and uh, (laughs) everything else keeps moving. So, Well, guys, um, you guys are taking the franchise model to the masses and cannabis is how I kind of want to describe this. And I'm going to refer to this as McDonaldizing cannabis. I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that in a way that you guys have got systems and processes and procedures and just consistency like you would find it at a McDonald's from uh, Key West all the way to Seattle, Washington, anywhere in between from Japan. And so if you would, tell me about what you guys are doing on cannabis and give our audience a little understanding of who you guys are. Sure. Thanks, Alice. This is this is Christian. And um, I'm going to turn it over to Mike here because this is really the story of sort of how he and I came together. So, um, I've been in the cannabis space for 10 years, and uh, in, in those 10 years, I've uh, built a number of grow facilities in Colorado. We currently operate um, 118,000 feet, about 3,000 lights, and um, I have a couple of dispensaries that we started under the Green Man brand uh, years ago. Uh, had some good success winning, winning awards that in, in growing cannabis, and then a couple of years ago, we were named one of the best dispensaries in the U.S. Uh, by High Times as well, and so over the years, we'd learned a lot about how to operate a business, you know, how to operate in this space compliantly and profitably. And uh, really thought we had had something to share. And um, Mike and I came, we, we met in uh, really kind of one of the more common ways where we had, we had some mutual friends. Uh, he uh, He's known my wife uh, for a long, long time. When they were little kids, they spent time together in Omaha. And then uh, and then his wife and my wife went to school together. And so Mike and I were introduced through this very, you know, circuitous route, not about business at all. And we were talking one day and talking about, he was talking about being in franchise and I'm talking about being in cannabis. And we're initially, it's like, man, do you think there's any chance that these two would work together? We're like, both of us at the same time, we're like, no, it just won't work right now. Okay. Um, and then we, you know, a couple of, maybe a year later, we ran into each other and really saw that, that, that some things had changed. And um, uh, specifically in Colorado, we had the chance to do a, um, a permitted economic interest that would allow for a franchise royalty to be paid. And so some things changed. We came together. And um, Mike, maybe you tell them a little bit about your, your franchise experience, because really what we did is took everything I know about cannabis and all Mike's expertise in franchise, which are really unique industries unto themselves and have combined those. Um, so we're kind of like the peanut butter meets chocolate uh, of cannabis. Yeah, no, thanks, Chris. Um, been in franchising uh, 18 years. I'm a trained franchise attorney. I went to law school to uh, help help people. Realized about my third year of law school that um, lawyers don't necessarily have um, helping people at the top of their list. Not not to offend any lawyers who are listening, but um, kind of did a pivot and realized that Denver is a hotbed of franchisors. There's over 300 franchisors that were 
created, founded, and headquartered here in uh, Denver in the state of Colorado. So over the last 18 years, I've um, been a franchisee. I've um, been a franchisor. I've run uh, a law firm, a consulting firm. And most recently, it was CEO and partner in Maui Waui Coffee and Smoothies that we sold to Kahala Brands, which has, uh, I think, over 4,000 locations worldwide and about $3 billion top line and 78 food brands. So all that to be said, my, uh, my sole goal in life is franchising. This franchising, as cliche as it is, helps people with the American dream of owning their own business. Um, so as I was doing all the other things, smoothie and legal related, I, I've been watching the Colorado cannabis market, the first in the world, right? It, it started a decade ago, and I noticed a lot of really good people, Christian included, um, get into this business and have have the normal hurdles that anyone has starting a business. How do you do this? How do you, how do you, what's your POS system? What's your standard operating procedure? And, and since cannabis just started, no one ever worked in a dispensary growing up, right? Not like a restaurant. People lost a lot of money and lost their businesses. Christian is a true survival story and he's come to the top, but there are a lot of good people I saw that it didn't work for them. So um, the franchising model is, what's needed in cannabis it's what's needed in the industry to allow um, good people from local communities the ability to own and operate dispensaries and that's um, where christian and i come together and with our team um, our sole goal is to help people um, not make the same mistakes he made learn from his mistakes and own a business that uh, can thrive and take care of their employees and their employees' families. With that being said, who is your target demographic? Who who is you know your best candidate to come in and run one of your franchises? No, that's a great question. So we um, we spend a lot of time on our franchise awarding process. Um, we vet we vet them for particular many particular reasons. So first off, we need good people. We want good people that want to work. Work hard and listen. Now, that sounds very basic, but in a franchise model, um, creativity is not the number one thing you want. You want someone who wants to follow systems, processes, and procedures, hold your brand integrity and your product integrity to their heart, and understand they're they're part of the greater good, right? Part of a franchise community. So, good people who want to listen. A lot of a lot of people that have been coming to us as of recently, we get probably thousand calls, thousand leads a uh, a month right now. A lot of them are coming from the world of franchising. They've they've been successful in their own right. They own multiple concepts, somewhere between uh, ten to uh, nine hundred operating units, and they want to diversify their portfolio. So that's that's one group. Um, the other you know, the other groups are people that are currently operating dispensaries around the country by themselves, competing with big MSOs, and realizing they need. They need some more horsepower and some more support. They have no interest in selling their business, but they want to. They want to join forces with with a group such as ourselves, where they own their business, but can get some more brand recognition and brand affinity. Well, I think it's as much needed as we've seen a lot of operators, like you mentioned, uh, come into this space and fail completely, lose a lot of investments. And I think it's great to have these type of backstops. Uh, and if you if you can find someone that does want to follow a process procedure. Uh, it's, uh, it's a win-win. Not everybody wants to do it uh, your way. They want to have it their way, the, the Burger King way. And I think, um, people understand that this is proven and you guys have, you know, have the track record really stand behind this. 
that uh, if you follow the the recipe, it can be successful. And so, show if you would then walk me through your process. Then how does it work if I were to reach out to you and go through your vetting process? And how long does that take before you could get someone operational? If all the stars align, then you can move through the process uh, with ease. Yeah, no, great question. Um, it takes a while to get operational, to be honest, right? So let's. If you made a phone call to our team today, um, we'd walk you through who we are, what we're all about. We'd want to understand a little bit more of you. Um, there's the application process. There's some of the homework, as we call it, of write an essay and tell me why you want to be part of the uh, One Cannabis Unity Road team. Um, background checks, obviously, are important in cannabis. Um, personal financial statements. So you walk through the vetting. Let's call it there. Um, Eventually, it'll culminate with a discovery day where you'll come out to Colorado if you're not already here and spend some time um, with our team. Our team is robust. It's not just me and Christian. We got subject matter experts across the board. So making sure we're a good fit for you and you're a good fit for us. We don't take your investment lightly. We want to make sure it's a true partnership. Um, Once you're assuming you're awarded a franchise, then we start on either licensing, site selection, or um, looking at, particularly in Colorado, there's a moratorium on licenses, picking exp- our, through our pipeline of existing dispensaries and seeing what's the best fit. Then you get to uh, work with each state's municipality, depending on the med and whatnot, on getting granted licenses, change of ownership. So um, what we tell people from when they come in on the first call to when we think they'll be open is somewhere between 12 to 15 months. It doesn't mean it won't move sooner, but every state is like its own island or its own country. So depending on what you're looking to do, it might take a little bit longer, right? No, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and as, as far as how much money would they need to bring to the table uh, if they were looking to do this with you, or do you guys help with the capitalization side of it? Yeah. So um, once again, very state specific. If you were to apply, Let's say um, Illinois, right? A good example. Illinois' license period is open right now. It'll close on January 2nd. If you were to apply, um, we, have, we have franchisees who are applying right now. Apply and win, win a license. We estimate the cost to be probably a million to 1.5, depending on the real estate you take down. In Colorado, if you're going to um, want to open, your capital requirements are a lot higher because of the price per license. Colorado is trading at about one times revenue right now. So we'd say $2 million is a good average if you wanted to open a dispensary today in Colorado. If you wanted to open in Florida, you can buy the super license for um, $70 million. So we we recommend staying out of Florida for a while. (laughs) Mike, let's take a break real quick. And when we come back, I want to continue talking to you about this. So we'll be right back. Time to cut to commercial. More of the cutting edge of cannabis is coming up. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or eight years old. You can still learn something that's gonna make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The concierge for better living with Doc Rob. Only on cannabisradio.com. 
Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at s-h-o-o-g-i-e-s dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. It's time to Hemp Resent. I am going to titillate your audio orifices with weekly radio rendezvous with some of the premier movers, shakers, and history makers of the cannabis community. Radio resident Hempo Sapien Vivian McPeak. I will be putting out a call to action on the issues of the day and putting your interests under the big lights as I provide cannabis commentary and weekly interviews that go straight for the nugular. Marijuana! Hemp Resent, only on Cannabis Radio. The cutting edge of cannabis now continues, only on CannabisRadio.com. I'm speaking with Christian Hagaseth and Mike Weinberger with One Cannabis. So, you know, like you said, it's, you know, anywhere from a million to two million dollars to come into some of these new markets that are opening up. Uh, I laugh with you when you say stay out of Florida. Uh, So it really is um, state dependent and the requirements are vastly different depending on where you are. So what, where are your current kind of uh, operations coming in now? What, what states are a hotbed for you? Where are you guys kind of reach right now? Where, how, how far is that reach going? Yeah, sure. So our, our current franchise um, portfolio involves uh, Colorado. We've got uh, five, license, five franchise agreements signed looking for locations. Uh, Missouri, we have, we're in the license, hopefully, approval process we submitted there. I think it was 90 days ago, and we're hoping to hear from them with our uh, franchisees in the next month or two. Um, Illinois, we're working pretty diligently to get get through the license process by January 2nd, and then we also have uh, Massachusetts and Ohio. So we're we're spread out right now. The Colorado's our home; it's where we're based. Um, it's where uh, Christian started. We have a 120,000 square foot cultivation facility. For supply chain, and it's it's where where we're headquartered. So that's that is our primary focus um, as of today, and then moving into those other states we talked about. So some of our audience members that are listening, you know, how to help me understand uh, how did you guys navigate the the franchise law, the federal franchise law, knowing that it's federally illegal for cannabis. Uh, and maybe this leads into that franchise royalty that you guys have kind of figured out, but I'd love to learn more about this so that our audience can understand how this can be done the right way and not cause any issues or problems. Yeah, I, mean, I think it, that sort of comes go, back to go, Mike Chris. and I, as I say, this comes down to Mike and I's sort of unique relationship is that, you know, I bring 10 years of, of uh, cannabis experience. I've also, I've been a part of the application process uh, in 12 other jurisdictions. And so I'm really familiar with the difference in cannabis laws from state to state. And uh, Mike, likewise, is, has done, you know, he's done franchise registrations on all, literally all over the world and in every, every of the United States. And so, you know, somewhat uniquely, uh, he and I came together through our partnership where we have a, an intimate knowledge of, of the, the intersection of cannabis and franchise. And in, in each jurisdiction, it's a little bit different. 
um, because there might be, uh, you know, Mike can speak to the franchise side, but you know, on the cannabis side, obviously there's big differences about how, do you, how the licenses are, are controlled and how the finances are held and if it can be a percentage of finance or a flat fee. And, and so it's very um, state and jurisdictionally specific when it comes to cannabis. And um, Mike, again, passing the baton back to you here, bud, but uh, maybe tell, I mean, the states are all different as it comes to franchising too. There's not uniform there either. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, cannabis and franchising are remarkably similar, meaning while the, um, while the federal government does give guidance to the FTC on franchise law, it's uh, states' rights. So each state, um, each state we go into, Christian and I look at with our with our team of attorneys and make sure it's the right state for franchising and cannabis and understand the rules re- revolving around franchising and cannabis for that particular state. So it's, if I had the, the if we had the five hour pa- podcast, I could walk you through all the uh, <laughs> sure. boring FDD items and how to, how to craft it. But the, the reality is from a really high level, it's uh, we take, we, we look, we view franchising and cannabis at a state's right and, um, and state trumps. So, so to speak. Well, that's great. It seems uh, that, that definitely clears the air to help us, help us clearly understand that um, as long as you understand locally what's going on, you can do this without any issue. So I think that's great. That being said, how has the market been receptive to this idea and the, the response to that? Chris, you want to take this one? Yeah, I think it, uh, you know, I think the market's been very receptive to it. Uh, we're out as um, you know, really one of the, the first mover in, in the U.S. cannabis market as a franchisor. There's been several people who have talked about doing it, but uh, we were the first to do it. Um, we're sort of being paced as well by Inner Spirit Holdings out of Canada, who's a franchisor up there as well. You know, so the the market's been it's been well received, uh, but as a first mover. As might be expected, it takes um, you know a little. Uh, there's you get the common questions of you know why would I do this, um, and typically after you know three minutes of as- answering the question of why somebody would want to franchise, uh, they they inevitably say well, why would I why would I do this without a franchise? And so probably the, the the market has been very receptive to the idea, with the biggest objection simply being that without you know other other companies doing it to validate us, other than uh, Inner Spirit in, in Canada. Um, you know, what's the need. But again, the market has been very receptive because I, I think franchising is such a common business model in the U.S. And some of our potential business partners own franchises of, of, of different of different concepts. And so um, it's been very well received, again, with probably the biggest the, the biggest uh, obstacle is just people understanding that it's a, it's a possibility in cannabis. And, you know, as I often say with this is I've, I've been in the cannabis industry for 10 years now, operating assets, uh, you know, grows and dispensaries. And I've made millions in cannabis and I've lost millions in cannabis. And I wish I had a franchise to follow the day I started because I would be millions of dollars ahead based on if I could pay somebody to avoid making the costly mistakes I've made to get here. Um, and once we can explain that to people, they, they think they, they generally see the, the value in following um, a, a, a proven model that leads to compliance and success. Awesome. I love it. Love to hear that. You know, I think for what you guys are doing from a business standpoint, you see a lot of these multi-state operators that are out there that, uh, you know, it costs a lot of money to go into a new market, to open them up and to really, you know, establish that large reach. I think with what you guys are, are doing uh, is really giving you that line of least resistance to really get that national footprint a lot quicker and faster and just uh, having strength in 
numbers with all the folks that you're partnering with go so much farther and quicker. So kudos to you guys for really uh, taking that step and running that direction. I think it's brilliant. Uh, thanks, man. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, Appreciate we're, it. We're excited about it as well. You know, it's such a fragmented market and it's still the, the spirit of people in the cannabis industry. They're pretty independent. You know, they're we're, we're all kind of cowboys. We're, you know, we're, we're independent minded. We, you know, we're pulling our, we're doing this by ourselves in a lot of cases where we're certainly challenging the federal government. And so, uh, it, you know, it certainly sets up well for that, you know, that open-minded, hardworking, progressive, you know, uh, business owner that, that just wants to, that wants to get involved in cannabis, but they have been looking for a roadmap. So we're excited about it. I think it's great. So give me a little, a little detail behind uh, the retail experience, even the cultivation experience. Are these things, I don't mean to use the word cookie cutter, but are they replicas of a process and a flow that you guys have developed over the years and now you're just scaling them to whatever building you can move into or are you purpose building things? How, how how's that look? Or are you allowing the each customer to kind of have their way with the, with the look? How is that actually panning out for you? You know, we're, we're rolling out um, a whole new store design, what I call version 4.0. Uh, again, been running dispensaries for 10 years and uh, currently our, the dispensaries we have in operations are our third, our, our third full redesign of, of that buying process. And so we are redesigning that retail experience where we're up, we're keeping it, you know, we're going to continue to update it as the industry evolves. And um, we're really excited about rolling that this out in sort of all future stores and we're going to retrofit our other stores right now to all look this way um but store designs come a long way you know i think uh, again just in you know different jurisdictions the laws have changed and you're allowed to retail differently than we were previously um but yeah we'll be pushing out the design so that you have that consistent feel you know it's sort of like a, a starbucks Anytime you go into a Starbucks, there's something really consistent feeling about it, even though they're not exactly the same. They're not punched out to be like McDonald's, but they at least feel the same. Uh, so our, we'll have a look and feel that's consistent throughout all the stores. Great. And then on the cultivation side, are you guys sticking to a specific cultivation methodology? Are you working with a specific set of cultivars? Um, is mm -hmm. that being translated consistently throughout the market? Or is the, I know the strain acquisition is a little bit tricky with the way our compliance is set up from state to state to state, but how does that work from just the consistency in the product? Meaning, you know, you get a McDonald's burger, is it going to be the same type flour and consistency with that experience? Yeah. You know, the challenge there right now, obviously, is just the federal issues around moving over state lines. And, you know, we've always chosen compliance over profitability. And that I think that's why, frankly, that I've been able to stay in business for 10 years. It's like you never let money get ahead of the rules in this business because there's just, you know, it just has to be that way in a highly compliant business. And so right now, it's our consistency from state to state is we would do our best to get the same cultivars or similar cultivars, you know, in, in a way that we can legally obtain them in each state. And, and then we'll, we'll bring those to our, our everybody, you know, in, in those, in each market. But like for us, like Ghost Train Haze, we won the Cannabis Cup three years with, with Ghost Train Haze. And so we have that strain here in Colorado. It's going to be available at all the Colorado stores. But when we move to, you know, Missouri or, or Ohio or, or New Jersey or other states, you know, we will, attempt to source those cultivars in a, in a similar, you know, expression uh, in each of those jurisdictions, but however we can do it legally. But after that, we're going to be, we're going to have our hands tied by, you know, federal law. And so we'll look to create consistency through the consumer experience. And uh, part of that will largely be packaging. 
you know, and so uh, I guess one of the great things about cannabis flower, in my opinion, anyway, and I'm a I'm a huge fan of cannabis flower as a you know as a consumer and as a as a as somebody in the industry, and you know that it's always a little bit different. It's like wine that way. You know, you buy a a Cabernet and it's a 2008 from one vineyard, and you get a 2012 from the same vineyard, and it tastes different. Uh, I think the same is true with cannabis, and so to the extent that consumers continue to enjoy the, you know, the, the different expressions of cannabis more like wine than to expect the consistency of it from like a Coca-Cola, then I think we'll be okay, uh, you know, working with people. But if we do need to hit that, that consistency where it's really exactly the same ghost train haze in every state, um, our reality is we're going to have to wait for a change in federal law to make that happen because there, there's just, you know, there's lines we won't cross to, to make money. So, um, we're going to try to achieve that consistency through, through packaging and consumer experience in the, in the, in retail, um, and do the best we can around, uh, cultivars and how they're grown and how they're presented. All right. We need to take a break and we come back. We're going to continue talking with Christian and Mike from one cannabis time to cut to commercial. More of the cutting edge of cannabis is coming up. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart. Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Candid. Captivating. Compelling. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Welcome got to Cannabis Conf. Oh, yeah. you got me again. All right. I got you again. You got me again. Welcome to Cannabis okay. Confidential. Ah! <laughs> hey, we did it. We did it. Yeah, Welcome. I have the coolest guest today. You guys already know. The one and only Tommy Chong. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Cannabis Confidential. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Himping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. The cutting edge of cannabis now continues only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. I'm 
I'm here with One Cannabis CEO, Christian Hagaseth and COO, Mike Weinberger. Uh, guys, um, I want to pivot a little bit and really focus on, uh, on a, a topic that I found on your website that I, I, I love what you guys are doing around the social equity component of your business. And I'd like to, like to touch more on the SEED, S-E-E-D, or your social equity economic development program, and really kind of bring this to light as we know our industry is lacking a lot of diversity, is dominated by white male men, uh, and there's just not a lot of diversity in the space. And so I'd love to see or learn more about this program for some of our listeners that may even qualify for this. Yeah. So uh, SEED to us is <clears throat> a program, as you said, it's an acronym, S-E-E-D, Social Equity and Economic Development. So social equity is a, a movement around the, the country right now that's starting in certain jurisdictions where they are doing, there's really three pillars to, to social equity. And it's it's to try to um, make um, amends for the, the, the what the war on drugs has done to to people right now. You know, and this isn't we're not looking back. You know, two generations or three generations. We're talking about you know people right now that are still suffering because of the war on drugs. And so there's a uh, you know non there's a lot of nonviolent drug felons in prison today. Well, for every nonviolent drug felon in prison, there's also a family that's missing a family member and that that person's in prison. And so there's a ripple effect, you know, that, that comes with um, the, the inequity that's been, um, you know, dealt to the American population through the war on drugs. And that inequity is primarily felt by people of color. Uh, you know, I think statistically that, you know, people that are, are black and brown are going to prison like three or four times you know, more than, than white people for the, for these nonviolent drug crimes. And so social equity is an attempt to sort of right these current wrongs. And again, it's, we're not reaching back into history saying, let's try to fix, you know, like slavery. This is like, no, like your dad's in prison today because he, he got caught selling a couple pounds of weed and you grew up without a father, you know, and because of that you grew up in a, and then you, you got into gangs and then the gangs led to legal trouble. And all that means that you should be pushed out of the industry. And social equity turns that on the head and says, you know what, if your dad went to prison because of a nonviolent drug felony, now you're in a single family household and you got in trouble with, with drugs because you were in a gang, then you're the, you actually got, you got more screwed by the war on drugs than anyone, you know? And so we're going to make available to these people that meet these requirements. Um, it's a, you know, it's community betterment initiatives, it's workforce development initiatives. And then there's also the, the part of uh, giving preferential licenses to the individuals that qualify. And so our support of that is is really around social justice. Um, and to be candid, listen, man, marijuana has been very, very good to me. And I'm hugely appreciative of, of what it's done for me and my family and my partners. Um, but also, like, I know it's not fair. You know, it's like marijuana used to be an industry that had more women participating in ownership in the executive core than other industries. And since that was reported like eight years ago, it's reverted. And now it's, it's, it's dominated by, by white men. And so as, as it, this comes out, you know, as the marijuana industry continues to evolve, and I think we're only 10% of our way there, we have an opportunity to do what's right. And, um, you know, and, and what's right, I think, is, 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 you know, what is it? Somebody said when, um, when selling marijuana starts to look like an Apple store, it's time to let everyone out of prison that's in prison for selling marijuana. You know, and, and there's some there's some truth in that. So as progressive as, as we've been in this industry for the last 10 years, there's still guys that are, you know, doing a life sentence in prison because they've got three strikes, you're out on nonviolent drug felonies. 
And so we're behind this movement of social equity on all fronts, community betterment, workforce development. And in the case where somebody's getting a, a license for it, we wanna, we're partnering with those social equity qualified applicants. And we partner with them by effectively by making them a franchisee, by doing what we're really good at and helping people to operate compliant, profitable businesses. And we support them the same way we support our franchisees. And therefore, we see this as a very natural extension of what we do. Um, and so we, we do it because it's the right thing to do. And we also do it because this is already what we do and a very natural extension for us as a way to, to sort of help help the world be a better place. Well, I think that's great. We need a lot more people to, to see our industry through that lens and really make an impact in that capacity. So I'd love to see what you guys are doing. What does, um, what do we see or what's next for, for one cannabis? Where, what's the next uh, 12 months to four years look like? What, what can we expect to see from you guys? Well, that's a, that's a big picture. Um, <laughs> well, I tell you, we're, we'll, we'll all be in, uh, we'll all be in Vegas at MJ BizCon with everyone else. So you'll, you, if you want to see the, uh, the ugly side, I'm sure it'll be there in some sort of drunken moment walking down the strip. Um, but really from the company, we are, you know, we're really excited about working on the, uh, the, the growing the franchise, uh, model, um, entering additional States. Um, we have the, um, you know, some great opportunities that we're currently working on that we're growing into. Uh, we're, like I said, we're relaunching our brand. Um, we're taking a, you know, a version four of our retail concept out and we hope to have that out in the next, uh, probably six months. We'll have have a couple of stores open with that new look and feel in it. We're really excited about getting that out there. Mike, what else? Yeah, no, if you look at the the big picture, I think um, the predictions for 2022, 2023 are a $50 billion industry. And while we are a, uh, I think those are light, to be honest, but um, if we're the first mover in franchising, that means someone else is coming behind us. I see, uh, so if we're using the $50 billion number, I see at least 20% of that market being franchise concepts because of Everything we've touched on this call, being not every MSO is going to have the capital to open locations, nor will the, um, the, the states allow just monopolies, right? So with that, we have a competitive edge to move into space and be a one of the top five brands and operators in the U.S. And that's uh, that's the plan. We're really excited to um, give back our our knowledge and expertise in both franchising and cannabis through me and Chris and via our team and get people open and operating um, for the betterment of their community. And that, that's really what One Cannabis and our retail brand, Unity Road, are all about. It's uh, the intersection of cannabis and business ownership and being locally owned and operated is our, is our bio, it's in our bylaws, right? Okay. Thank you guys for coming on today. A great topic. I wish I had more time. I've got 25 more questions for you guys, but I ran out of time today. So uh, can't thank you guys enough. We had Christian Hagaseth, Mike Weinberger from One Cannabis. Uh, thank you for joining us for this edition of the Cutting Edge of Cannabis. You can download past episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.